Welcome and you are listening to another episode of keepthechange.co.nz's 30 and 30, day number 25, the 25th of March. I hope you're having a bloody good March wherever you are in the country, maybe even the world. Love to know if you're listening internationally. Six lessons to go. Oh, you're starting to get sad. We're on the run home here, aren't we? We're going to go through some grunty shit to finish, I can promise you that. Buckle yourself in because today we're going to talk about why I rent. Now, we went through a little bit of this when we talked about buying a house and I gave you a little bit of my mindset around this stuff. Now, I want you to be very, very careful with where you are in your journey and what you want. When you listen to people talk about highly, highly, highly sensitive topics like should you rent or buy a house, you need to be very clear on what you want from your life and then you need to go and figure out how you're going to get it. Don't come and listen to these types of things to have an argument, to um, basically think, no, you know, that person's wrong, or they don't know what they're talking about. Like, this isn't why I don't rent. This isn't why you shouldn't rent, but this is why I don't rent, okay? So if you really want to buy a house, fill your boots. That's your thing. I can just about guarantee you that I'll probably buy a house at some stage in my life. And to give you a summary of the entire pod before we get to the two-minute mark, I want to buy a big fucking baller one that I really want. I don't want to just buy a house to get on the property ladder. And that's just because that's who I am and that's the path that I'm on and that's now what I realize is possible for me. But property will be a part of my life at some stage, so I could go back on some of these things. But these are some of the reasons that I don't rent. And it could be that there's some lessons in you that you think about whether um, these things align with you or whether they don't. And hey, it's just a conversation, okay? So I know that whenever I talk about this stuff, I get people bombard me about figures and you don't understand. I'm just like, fuck, okay, okay, (laughs) I get it. You know, you want what you want, that's fine. That's all good stuff. It's just like buying a flash car or not buying a flash car. It's up to you or getting the Gucci bag or the bloody 10 grand watch or the Rolex or whatever. You know, all these things in life, we've all got different reasons for why we want them and the, our job is to figure out for ourselves why we want to do some of these things. So let, let me just give you uh, a couple of these things, for instance. Now, like I said before, I want to live where I want. I really want to, I want to have like a, a, a white beach house. I've always called it for a number of years now, that I want to get myself to the point where I can buy a white beach house if I want to. Will I have to use some debt? Probably the the way that bloody house prices are going. And I don't just want to live in fucking Flatbush, Auckland, because that's where I can afford a house. You know, I've got myself onto a journey and a path now where I understand what it takes to generate income and how to get some of the things that I want. So I've just got to stay on that path. Now, what is the rush? What is the rush with buying a house? But you will be rushed. Everyone will rush you to buy a house because it's what you should do. You need to buy a house. But I do know part of what the rush is. And what the rush is is that we keep fucking up property in this country and it keeps increasing in price and it's getting harder and harder to buy one. So that's what the rush is if you did want the answer to what the rush is. Now, let's be completely brutal here. Two of the strategies that are going to be required to buy a house in New Zealand are probably to inherit money from your parents or save a shit ton of money and hope that the market comes backwards a little bit and that you can service your mortgages. Now, one of those is a, well, both of those are pretty, um, that you've got to decide if those are the strategies that you want. But 
it's getting to a, a very weird turning point with that property market and who knows what the economy and what the world holds for us and we could see some carnage in that space but ultimately how can we factor into economic modelling the fact that Kiwis are hardwired to look at success as buying a property and wanting a house. So part of what I think the rush is is that it is sort of forced upon you because otherwise it feels like it is getting further out of reach and you have a higher mortgage and you've got to be able to service that. Now, as you will know from the earlier pod around buying a house and selling a house that I did, I hated what I will call the heaviness of debt, the heaviness of a mortgage. And I've seen this so often where so many people's decisions are not even their decisions. They become the bank's decisions because they are decided by the fact that they have a mortgage. And they can't see that anymore because that was what they wanted. They wanted a house, so that that means a mortgage. Now when they go to take some risks or change jobs or change things up, they, they can't because they have the mortgage, they have the heaviness of the mortgage that doesn't allow them to do that, but it perhaps in some of those circumstances it actually does allow them, but they have learned like, well I can't, I can't because I've got a mortgage, so now I've got to service my mortgage, so I can't just quit my job and I can't take three months because I'm not feeling mentally up to this and whatnot, you know, um, and these are some of the things that I just I just don't like about a mortgage, and you know, I've heard stories around how, it's explained in different ways around how uh, a mortgage is basically uh, a well, I shouldn't say a trap because I know that will trigger too many people, but it's it's like the the pathway that's given to you. It's a great product for a bank to keep you as a, a client for so long, right? It's here's a thirty year product. Think of that. What else do you buy in your life where you go, here you go, awesome. Here's a thirty year product. But you, you've been in the place after seven years anyway, because statistically people are out of there. The fuck this, I've outgrown this thing. I want more. Um and most people will want to get somewhere different in seven years and then they'll take their equity and they'll go and do the same thing and get another 30-year loan or whatever. And maybe we'll see loans go to 40 years, but um, it's it's just a, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a cycle, isn't it? Now, are people going to be able to repay them or are they just then going to scale to the further one? Uh, but, you know, that that's up for people to people to decide but you know a lot of the ways that people access credit in this country are by borrowing against their property because of the gain the equity gain and then they can do other things and and that's cool as well like if that's your thing that's your thing but uh, what's the rush who's putting the pressure on why do you really want to do it and of course just acknowledging that my situation is a little bit different to others and so you know this this may not be applicable to you but what I like about renting is that I have the flexibility now, I know that if I get sick of, like at the moment, I'm looking for another place. And in the last three years, I think I've lived in three different apartments. You can't do that if you buy a house. You can't just go from one to the other to the other. It's, it's too hard. Oh, I've got to get the fucking lawyer involved. Oh, bloody hell, I've got to start that again. I've got to go back to the bank. And it's just all too draining. And that's what I like about renting is that you can actually go and trial out different parts of the, the country or the city where you might want to live, and you're not stuck or fixed because, oh, well, we can't, we just just brought here, you know? We can't move, we only just brought the place. People don't say that when they rent. They're like, yeah, well, let's bin it. Like, let's go. Some people, of course, will be like, no, we've only just moved in here. But the downside to that, of course, because I want to be fair here, is that people say, well, I've always feel like I, you know, could be kicked out at any moment and my landlord's an asshole or whatever and uh, I never felt like it was mine. And that's fair enough too because that's, how a lot of people do feel. Like I don't worry about those things because I feel very transient and can kind of like move or operate in different environments. But uh, I probably learnt part of that through 
my upbringing and also through house sitting where I was trialing that and testing that so that, that doesn't feel like a big deal to me to be evicted from a house I'd be like okay cool now I get to find another one but uh, for some people especially if they've got kids and things like that that would be their worst nightmare so flexibility is great for me but it might not be work, work for everyone and it might not work for the late, uh, another version of Luke but right now uh, it's perfect and uh, the other part of that is the, the convenience now a lot of the things that I've done across this journey that I've taught you or been telling you about are based around making my life easier to free up my time so that I could continue to focus on work. I don't want to do the gardens. I don't want to be fucking watering plants and doing those things. You know, it's not a good use of my time, especially when you're trying to scale a business. Sure, I find them therapeutic and enjoyable sometimes, especially if I go house-sitting, but the thought of me mowing my lawns every Sunday, gosh, that would be tough. Something broke, breaks in the, in the apartment... Oh, Luke's not your guy to fix it. Trust me on that one, okay? I'm ringing up the building manager. Hey, there's a leak and someone needs to fix it. They send in the plumber. They're like, mate, you left the tap on. Oh, yep, no, I did, didn't I? You know, I've just got no idea in that space. So it doesn't suit me. But you might be very practical. You might be very good with those things. And that's what you like doing. You might come home from work, get a lot of fulfillment out of fixing shit, well then maybe having a house would be perfect for you or being able to add value. And as I've spoken about, like tradies, you guys have got that unfair advantage, you know, use it at some stage in your life. Repair a place, do it up, do, you know, uh, a bit of work every week to improve something and 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 be able to add value to something and then realise some value that way. But for me, it's it's not my thing, so it's not, um, yeah. Like I, I love the fact that we can get things repaired and it's not my problem. I can basically delegate it and be like, please help solve and let me know what happened and don't talk to me for too long about it because I honestly don't know what you're talking about. Now, of course, as well, I've been on a business journey, haven't I? So why would I want to tie up a shit ton of capital? It's probably a really smart idea. Hey, Luke, this property is worth $1.5 million. Oh, wow, great. I've always wanted to live in a three-bedroom box of sticks in bloody Mount Eden, haven't I? I've never thought about that in my life, but oh, yeah, let's do it. I need to get on the property ladder. Cool. Okay, well, you're going to need a 20% deposit. Really? Yeah. Okay, great. I'll just fucking draw out 300 grand out of my backside and we'll um, get this mortgage underway and I'll be able to move straight in. That would be so exciting for me. Um, where the hell am I going to get 300 grand from? Where 300, where's 300 grand going to come from for most people? Obviously, this is uh, thinking about some of these Auckland examples, but even if we just go like a million bucks or something, I think that's the average value of a property across the country now, the median. Well, 200 grand, cool. Yeah, you're probably going to need some help from your parents. You're going to need some of your KiwiSaver and you're going to have needed been saving some cash and you're probably going to be wanting to do it with somebody else. You're probably not going to be doing it on your own. Times have changed since old Battler boy over here was buying a bloody property in Hara for 178 grand, wasn't he, on his own? Yes, things have changed. So 200 grand, okay. Do you think it's a good idea for me to get 200 grand and pour it into a house or with some of the things you've already learned about me through these podcasts and over a five-year journey, would it be better for me to pour some of that 200 grand into a business, some of the investments that I make, and myself? Probably a blend of all three, right? Getting some of my time back, maybe scaling, maybe doing some advertising, maybe doing some of the investments that I know are good. Oh, Luke, 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 you've forgotten. The capital gain, mate. Oh, of course, of course. We love the capital gain in property, don't we? So that's going to be the downside to not having that property, is that I'm not going to get that sweet, sweet capital gain that everybody loves and froths over and Luke gets left behind. So I've got to find a way to be able to keep up with that property market and to be able to continue to add value and uh, protect myself from my future 
ability or desire to buy a property, right? So I can see it from other people that are like, well, you know, it's just part of it and you, you end up making your money because yeah, your house price is going up. But the other side of that too is that your house price isn't really going up. It's just that the dollar is going down in value. So if you took your 250 grand out now, six months later or 12 months later, and you went to buy another property, well, your $1.1 million properties now worth $1.1 million. So have you really made any money? Don't know. There's obviously circumstances where some people really crush it and whatnot, but most people are just selling out of a market and then humans, what do we want? We want progress, right? So then we're buying back into the same market, probably even a flasher market, and then having to pay more or having a bigger loan. Um, not many people go the other way. Okay, I'll sell out of this market and go buy into a lower one. But uh, that's, of course, you know, just a couple of generalizations. There's always examples either way. But for me, whilst growing a business, especially over this five-year window of my life, probably not a good idea for me to be tying up a shit ton of capital into a box of sticks, is it? To give you an example as well, what is then Luke doing with his cash along the way? Well, we've talked about it. I've been investing and I've been looking for dividend-paying stocks that help decrease my cost of living. And when I had a look the other day, interestingly, the dividends that I've received in the 2022 financial year, well, these dividends are actually in excess of 5% of what my total income was when I was employed. So now I've got myself to a point where the money that I've invested is over 5% of what I used to earn when I had a job. I didn't even realize that until I had a look the other day. And, you know, when I did realize that, like, that really fired me up. I was like, fuck, it's happening. Like, this, this works. This is, this is actually outstanding. Of course, I'm going to now start comparing it to my current income, but... When I start to compare it to what my old income was, I'm going, wow, you know, the fact that I'm at 5% and I'm really only like starting to get deep into this investing over the last couple of years, then shit, I've got to just stick the path, stay the path, I've got to be patient again and continue to build that up. And eventually, hopefully, I'll achieve my goal of looking at that and going, well, my rent for the year cost me, say, 52 grand, which is double the average, so $1,000 a week which is a, a high number, and well, my dividends were 52 grand as well. I've actually paid for my living expenses via dividends and via investing. Now, that would be exceptional, but that is sort of what I'm playing at, and that's the strategy that I'm playing at. I can't invest and I can't do that if I'm buying a property and buying a box of sticks. It's not going to work for me, is it? So, you know, you can see that my path is, is very different. And while I'm here, like I'm happy to say that I change my, like my ideas and my plans and my strategies. I review these things constantly. So if this changes, like I will let you know. But for now, this is the path that I'm going on. And this is why I choose to rent and then why I choose to invest. Of course, investing into business is very smart as well. And uh, that has meant that sometimes we'll keep money in the business rather than having it personally to ensure that we keep the growth of it going and it's compounding at a lot faster rate than what uh, an NZX company is and also a property. So um, there's only so much that we need to kind of invest into the business cash-wise and then the rest of it just becomes sweat equity and hours at the desk and K's under feet as I've explained to you before. 
Now, what I don't like as well when you go for a loan, like the scrutiny of expenses. Oh, why is this? Why are you buying this? All of that stuff. Like just, ah, oh, just, I mean, you're just all over the shop. Like myself, you probably, like to, to buy a property eventually, I'm going to really need to like clean my life up for uh, a couple of, probably six months and just do everything like real tidy and real basic and present myself with my, probably get my grey suit back out from when I was back down there in Harwater being an accountant, wasn't I? And, you know, really freshen myself and make myself look good for the bank again and tell them how lovely they are and how I just thoroughly enjoy going into the bank and uh, actually I'll probably get Mikey from Mortgage Performance to help me out and just actually dust all of that for me. But anyway, I'll still need to make sure that I've got my affairs in order, so to speak. Of course, once they give you the debt, they don't care. They just hope that you keep repaying it. Then they knock on your door if they can't. They'll say, hey, look, we forgot to tell you, you don't own the home. We do. Give it back. Get out. But uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that for anybody or for yourself. Now, um, I do want to mention as well that I would look at property investing greater than buying a house for yourself. Again, another very sensitive topic. I had this conversation with a client yesterday He's doing very well. He's at the start of his journey. He's got a long way to go. He's going to absolutely crush it. I can tell. Um, it's very, very evident. He knows it as well. He's willing to do things that others aren't. He does some things that even I wouldn't do, and I think, fuck, outstanding. You know, he's going to end up being a one percenter. Anyway, he's getting the hard word. Why aren't you buying a house? What are you doing? Why haven't you know? Why why are you renting? Again, more pressure. What's the rush? But he's actually got property. He's got property investments and he rents those out, and there's rules around property investment that sort of favour that as the chosen asset class for people, and that's often why people buy uh, rental properties and, and get into that game as well. Um, but he's like, what? Like, I, I don't, I want to wait. I want to buy a place that I want, so what's the rush? But it's very hard for people to kind of understand that. But once you get yourself on that path and realise that you can achieve the things that you want, then who's rushing you and where's that pressure coming from? Now, of course... As well, I work from home a lot and I can actually claim a percentage through my business of my home office expenses. So a portion of my rent I can claim as an expense and that is allowed under the tax rules. Of course, if I had a mortgage, to be fair, to contrast this, I could claim a percentage of the interest that I'll be paying on the mortgage and uh, many business owners will do this at the end of the financial year. They'll do an adjustment for their home office portion that uh, that they're allowed to claim and that's very legal to do. And uh, you know, for a long time I didn't have an office, so my sole office was my house. I would sleep in my bed, obviously, but I would be working 12 hours a day from the house and uh, then I would sleep again and carry on and do the same thing. So I was able to claim a portion of that, but as... Um, as we've moved into an office, then that my time at home has decreased a bit and my percentage of ability to claim is a lot less because I'm not actually using it for business. It's now my sort of place of residence as such. But that's been um, you know, another reason why I've been happy to rent. Now, I guess uh, to go back to the start, like I said to you, I want to live where I want, not where it's going to allow me to get on the ladder now, one of the things that I noticed when I went house-sitting is how much it opened my eyes as to what people had, how some people lived, and how it just hadn't occurred to me that those things were possible. So I'd always encourage you to go into neighbourhoods that have got real wicked houses and taste or view or just get your senses going 
with some of the things that people are doing and don't just settle for doing what is going to get you on the ladder say or uh, is going to keep your parents happy or who knows you know what whatever the pressure is like figure out for yourself what the pressure is and whether the pressure is justified and whether it actually fits in to line with what you do but I think so many people would say that, oh, they thought that buying a house was the thing that was going to make them happy, but they probably find out that it's not, and it's just forgotten, as we do with humans. We just go go past things as months go by, and it's like, okay, well, we want something more. It's not big enough anymore. It's not good enough. It's not uh, progressive enough, and it's not flash enough, and it doesn't have this, and it doesn't have that, and if only it had that, and um, you can just go on that cycle for the rest of your life as well. But you know, figure out again, like I said from the start, what it is that you actually want but there are some examples and some sort of reasons of why I rent and I didn't get to touch on all of them when I was doing the podcasts um, around buying and selling a property so I just wanted to touch on some of those things and give some people a bit of an idea and and also that you know I know there'll be some people who are thinking about quitting their job soon or um, they're unhappy in their role and you know, just just think about what the what I call the heaviness of having a mortgage is for you, and that was personal to me. So it might not be something that you worry about, or it could be that you could get your parents or your partner, or uh, you could find a solution to covering your mortgage the whole way through if you didn't want to be at work because that place was making you upset, or you just hated being there. Who knows? You know, that's um, for for you to work out. But I def- definitely noticed that when I had a mortgage, I just didn't enjoy the um, the weight of of that mortgage and. I guess it's funny now to look back at that version of Luke and go, wow, you were worried about a bloody $150,000 mortgage and the repayments on that, which you clearly didn't need to because the rent was coming in and whatnot. But it just, I was always worried something was going to go wrong and then have to pay for all these repairs and things. And, um, you know, when I'm renting, I don't have to worry about that and the rates and stuff like that. The the landlord's taking care of all of that stuff and it's just, um, it's sped up my life. And obviously living in an apartment as well, there's just less maintenance and all those things that that go on with it, and it's um, you know the rubbish shoots right there. Things are just a lot easier. But I know that eventually I'll get out of there, and I'll probably end up in a property at some stage. And hey, even you know once you have kids and things, and you probably want some space, and there's all those other types of things. It's amazing, you know. Kiwis are like, oh, we have to raise kids in space, um, not in space because that's probably going to be with Elon. But you know, how many people raise kids in apartments around the world? Well, hundreds of thousands. But we think like, don't they have to have? a garden or they've got to have 46 acres of bloody greenery so that they can throw a ball around and become the next all black or whatever but we get caught in these belief systems or patterns because we just learn them from people before us or what people are doing us around uh, around us but again as I always say think about what it is that you want and and don't give up on that and and be ruthless after going after that and if you really want to own a home like do it you know that's your thing uh, but if you want to buy yourself some time and stuff, well, then just keep asking yourself, what's the rush? Where's the pressure coming from? And is the pressure real? See you tomorrow.